the pressure is rising. What is the key to beating burnout in the C-suite? Find out by listening to episode 181 of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of growth. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And sitting right across from me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. It's always good to join you for another episode of Growth Igniters Radio. And as always, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders to accelerate themselves and their companies to their next level of game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. Now, Pam, here we are coming up on the end of the third quarter of 2020, and the crises just keep building. There's not just the pandemic and the economic crises that it spawned. There are fires, hurricanes, political uncertainty, social unrest in response to racial injustice, and so on. And if you're leading a company where there is an unusually strong growth in demand for your service or product, well, that's its own kind of pressure. That's right. So our new normal is now navigating constant, unrelenting, major crises. In addition to what we already knew before the pandemic, which is we are in a situation where there's a constantly changing environment and disruption that we face on an ongoing basis. Well, that's true, but this time is different from what was earlier uh, in the past year. So much is unfamiliar, and that makes it ambiguous to deal with. Yeah. Because many of the assumptions about what's happening and how to address these issues is different than dealing with situations that are familiar. Well, right, and the energy that it takes to learn how to deal with new situations and move forward, there's just this extra emotional and mental overhead that we have to deal with. Under these circumstances, our intellectual and emotional resilience is being stressed as never before. That's right. So as the pressure rises, the potential for burnout does too. And so in order to lead this, the ability to achieve mastery under pressure is shaping up, I would say, to be one of the top requirements for succeeding in this environment. Especially in the C-suite, because if the C-suite is impeded by pressure and, and difficulty, it ripples out through the entire company. And that's why it's time to revisit a conversation we had with Tina Greenbaum. She spoke with us at the beginning of 2019 when this ability was important. Now this ability is essential for everyone. And as we said, especially those of us in top leadership roles. So here's a little bit about Tina Greenbaum's background. She is an optimal performance specialist, holistic psychotherapist, author, speaker, and workshop leader with over 35 years of experience. She helps entrepreneurs, business leaders, and aspiring leaders to be as effective as they can be by guiding them to find their own blind spots, both personally and professionally. She then teaches them how to get the best out of their teams, ultimately leading to a happier, healthier, and more productive life. 
You can read more about Tina Greenbaum's background by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 181, and scrolling down to her bio. So with that in mind, let's join our conversation with Tina Greenbaum. Tina, welcome to Growth Igniters Radio. Well, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about your story. What led you to your work on the cutting edge, on the interface between psychotherapy, spirituality, sports psychology, and energy psychology? It's a lot to say. It's a lot to say. And it has one theme, honestly. It's a mind and a body connection. So I started my career 35 years ago, almost 36 now, uh, working on an eating disorders unit at the Washington Hospital Center in Washington, D.C. And at that time, nobody had ever treated eating disorders. And so my very traditional Western psychotherapy training, they gave us a manual that said alcoholism, crossed it out, put eating disorders, Hmm. and they said go. (laughs) Hmm. Well, I like to be really successful, and I was so not being successful. These young women were the most challenging, interesting, and obviously my best students. But I got my first clue at at a yoga class for those of us that have done yoga and know that the very end of the class, they have a pose called the corpse pose called Savasana and where you lie down and you just let everything go. And the first time I ever experienced that, it was a state of relaxation that I had never experienced. And I said, wow, if I could only get those young women to do this, then maybe they won't need their eating disorder because all addictions are anxiety based. So, Mm The truth was I was right. I just had no idea how long it was going to take and the the path that it was going to take me on. But I did come to intimately understand that somebody could talk, 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 but I would say to them, you know, I hear you, but I don't feel you. And Mm -hmm. if I don't feel you, I'm not feeling your heart. I'm I'm not sensing you. And so that was my first sort of insight of that there's this deep connection And it's just, um, God, many, many, many years later and and trainings and spiritual teachers and kids that played uh, intense, uh, high-level sports, and it's all the same thing. So how did you get over to the corporate world then? Well, little by little, you know, I lived in Washington, D.C. I lived in New York City, and I live right now outside of San Francisco. And so my clients initially were the you know, women with eating disorders, but many attorneys and, and people in high-pressured situations. And, and they loved to talk. They knew about their mother, their father, their sister, their brother, but they didn't have the skill. And so mm-hmm. just over time, I just got to attract more and more successful people who had more and more complicated issues. I can imagine, especially at the C-suite, I was just trying now to envision all of these high-powered people lying like corpses, yes. <laughs> <laughs> which sometimes but I guess when they're, when they're feeling stressed yeah. out, that's, that's perhaps a good thing. But I know you do so much more that's so much more serious. What keeps you excited about your work now? Well, the excitement is, you know, now, after all these years, I've been on this path for a very long time. I was part of the, when I lived in New York, it was the Association for Psychotherapy and Spirituality. And I'm not woo-woo. I'm very grounded. But the reason that I follow this is because it works. So now what keeps me excited is that the neuroscience is matching up with the mysticism and things that the ancients have known for centuries are now being proven by the neuroscience. It all comes down to brain chemistry. And yes. we're, we're learning more about that now, and you are absolutely right. Now, you refer to a discipline that you call mastery under pressure. 
and how that can help people reach higher levels of happiness and productivity at the same time. What do you mean by mastery under pressure and how can top leadership use this to enhance their own lives and their own performance? So I think about if you were an Olympic athlete, you would no sooner go out there to compete at the highest possible level without training the mental side. Right. Right. So if you're an athlete, and we're just using that as an example, you have your technical skill, which is your area of expertise, whatever it Mm -hmm. is. So if we take it over into business, whatever your business area of expertise is. And then as business leaders, you have your strategy. How are we going to take this area of expertise into the marketplace and make the business grow? Well, the third part of the triangle is the mental side. Again, if we were an athlete, you'd have the technical, the tactical, and the mental side. And so, again, as a CEO and and a high-powered individual, and it has all kinds of things to keep all the moving parts going at the same place. Yeah. If you don't have a calm body, because the calm body creates the quiet mind. And again, if we come back to peak performance, that's really what we're talking about. And and athletes are trained in that. It's a little bit easier because actually they're focused on one thing. As a CEO, you've got many, many, many things, but it's the same process. That you do something over and over and over again and that you train the nervous system to operate Mm -hmm. sort of at a higher frequency and a lower range in terms of the heart rate that Mm -hmm. you you're able to hold more energy i i have a question here you know Mm -hmm. every ceo and c-suite leader and board member deals with constant stress. I mean, mm-hmm. constant. Mm-hmm. And maybe this goes into what we were talking about earlier. Goes with the territory. Yeah, it goes with the territory. What is the difference between something we've heard a lot about, which is healthy stress, mm-hmm. and the stress that leads to burnout? Uh, it depends on the amount, number one. It depends on what your purpose is, what you're attempting to do. If you love something, like you just love it, love, love doing it, you see that stress as a, as a challenge. You know, if I'm going to create a keynote speech or I'm going to do something that's really, you know, the next level or something that I want to be spectacular about, I'm mm-hmm. motivated to keep working at it, keep working at it, keep working at it. That excites me. Now, at the same time, fear and excitement are flip sides of the same emotion. Mm-hmm. So there's a saying that says you can only go as far as your nervous system will allow. If my nervous system is operating at a really good pace, okay, and my body is working really, really well, I can tolerate a lot of stress that is very interesting to me. Is mm-hmm. that you stress, that healthy stress? Yes, that's, that is a healthy stress. Let me come at it this way. Where the, the body gets stressed based on the perceived amount of control that we think we have or we don't have. Ah. Okay. We're going to hold on to this for a moment. We need to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Tina Greenbaum about the psychology of burnout and how to beat it. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated. We focus on enabling visionary leaders to ignite, sustain, and boost momentum for game-changing results. And we're on the web at businessadvance.com. To everyone listening, welcome. We're glad you joined us. Whether it's because you're a subscriber or you've just found us wherever you pick up your podcasts. But there's a special reason to visit growthignitersradio.com. And this is, it's the only way you can access all of the previous podcast episodes 
from the start of Growth Igniters Radio. It's also where you can find unique show notes, bios, and resource links specifically related to each of our podcasts. We feature award-winning CEOs, thought leaders, and best-selling authors. You can explore more by going to growthignitersradio.com today. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are speaking with Tina Greenbaum, LCSW, about the art and science of mastery under pressure and reducing the risk of burnout, especially in the C-suite. Tina, how can people find out more about you? Well, you can go to my website, which is tinagreenbaum.com, or reach me directly at tina at tinagreenbaum.com. Okay, and you have a book? I have a book, and I also have a quiz. (laughs) Two things Uh that people can learn about themselves and then also really learn about how to manage this level of stress and create it into peak performance. And they'll find that on the website as well. Yes, Mastery Under Pressure is the name of the book. And if they want to take the quiz, it's masteryunderpressure.net. Okay. Now, we started talking in the first segment much more about healthy stress or the eustress. And you talked about the feeling of choice that people feel that they they have and, and control. What most often prompts the slide from healthy stress to burnout? It's, it's simply overload. You know, when we think about the way that we're designed as human beings, we're designed to have, in some way, a balanced life. And I know people kind of laugh at that sometimes already. What does a balanced life look like? We have the mind, we have the body, we have the spirit, and we have the emotions. And a healthy life is, is paying attention to all those quadrants. So if we're working all the time and the body never gets to go into that place of relaxation... It's going to be on overload. And depending on each person's vulnerability, some person may be vulnerable to back pain, some to heart disease, some to cancer, some to diabetes. So if the body is on overload, it means that the stress hormones are racing through the body, go right to the brain. They go all through the body. We have steroids and and, cortisol and all of that, that, Mm -hmm. okay, Mm -hmm. which is designed for emergencies, which is great, but most of us are not chasing tigers or having tigers (laughs) chasing us, you know, through the marketplace, and yet we operate as if that were true. And so that's how the body responds. Well, you have all that adrenaline and all the cortisol chasing through the body, and then that affects your immune system. Yeah. Okay. It it makes your immune system more vulnerable to stress-related illnesses. Mm -hmm. And it's just a domino effect. And this is not something you can just say, get over it, bud. No. And people think that. Think that. That's a good point, Scott, because a lot of times it leads to a tremendous amount of anxiety and depression. Yeah. There's almost a competition at times, it seems like, you know, can I stay strong? And I think people have so many misconceptions. Yeah, the more stress I'm under, the more stronger I am. Yeah, what burnout is and isn't. Yeah. And uh, we hear in the news of so many people who haven't been able to deal. They feel like they have to keep it to themselves. And in fact, we had an episode 
on uh, Growth Igniter's radio a while back where Judith Glazer, who Mm -hmm. uh, had just passed away, actually was talking about appropriately sharing our hard times with others. That it's hard for people to feel comfortable saying, I'm having an issue. I mean, do you see this too? Of course. When you're asking about what gets me excited, what gets me excited is people talking about real issues. Because if we were in a room where there were you know, let's just say an auditorium, and you started to scratch the surface just a little bit, you would find every one of those things that we're talking about. So I have a a particular client who has started a children's art studio. She knew nothing about business. She, She was an art teacher. And she just had this great idea that she just loved teaching kids. And she went and she rented a space and she and and she's creative and excited and she built it up and there's classes. And well, the problem is that she can't get enough help. And so she does everything, you know, from the bookkeeping to this, to that. And she wants to get pregnant again. She's not getting pregnant. You know, she's got all kinds of health issues that are showing Mm. up. And so it just went from that excitement, that healthy stress and a great idea to just really she's thinking about if I don't get the help, I can't sustain it. Mm -hmm. And so we have to think about when we when. Whatever, whatever aspect of, of the workforce that you're in, is it sustainable? Yeah. Is it sustainable? And if it's not sustainable the way that you're doing, I have another, I have a, a person in my, in my building who's a serial entrepreneur, brilliant guy, is talking about you know, opening up an office in, in, in God, China and another one somewhere else. And he said, oh, I'm just exhausted. I'm exhausted from the flying. He said, we need to talk. And, and interestingly enough, he said to me, when we started talking, we started talking about blind spots. And he said, oh, I don't, I, I don't want to know any more about myself than I do. I said, oh, yes, you do. <laughs> because yeah. everybody else sees them. And if you don't see them, you're in trouble, which leads and, to a whole bunch of other things. And so you've got this issue where people may be denying that they're under stress, may be denying that they are in danger of turning out emotionally, physically. So what are some of the physical symptoms that people can maybe key into that can tell them, hey, hey, wait a minute, you've got to change things here or you can really hurt yourself? Yeah. So that's a great question, Scott, because it's very subtle initially. And people who are not used to paying attention to how they feel are out of touch with that. So number one is just, how do I feel in the morning? Do I feel motivated? Do I want to get up? Or does it feel like, oh my God, that, you know, the alarm clock and uh, another call, another this, another that. And I always talk about it a lot of times, you know, for myself, I think about too much output, not enough input, you know, Uh. there's too much going out, too much energy, always, you know, pushing, pushing, pushing. Okay. So we need to be nurtured in some way, shape, form or another. What is mm-hmm. an engine can't run without gas. We can't mm-hmm. run without, you know, reboot, rebooting and refueling. So that's like the first sign is just kind of a flatness. Uh-huh. Kind of, uh, you know, I'm bored. I'm not interested. A lack of motivation, difficulty sleeping. Yeah. Could be a lot of anxiety. If it affects people differently. Mm-hmm. But it's that feeling of overwhelm. It's like, oh, So you're overwhelmed and you're going, I don't know, don't want to get up. And you state that when you're facing problems, it's most important to deal with the source of the anxiety first before you deal with the actual dilemma at hand, which I thought was a really interesting way to think about it because so often 
people say, wait a moment, I'll deal with the problem first, and then I'll deal with the stress or the anxiety. <laughs> Why is it more helpful to generate the problem? Okay, so, so it's, it's getting to the source. Again, if you had a problem in your business, and you started looking at all the extraneous symptoms, this one's leaving, this one's unhappy, and we start dealing with this, and we start, no, but why is that happening? Uh, what, is, what is the source? And just very quickly, I had a, uh, a business coach who was giving me, um, I was starting to write my, planning to write a book. And he said, well, let's just start with an ebook. 27 pages, get it done. You know? And I'm thinking at the time, 27 pages, that's a lot. And mm-hmm. I'm starting to feel that stress. So I stopped and I thought, okay, so where's the stress coming from? Which is the, that's the operative question. Where's the stress uh-huh. coming from? Is it coming from me? Am I putting this on myself? Is it coming from him of his expectation of me? And it was more like, what does he care if I get it done or not? It was me. I was putting it on myself. And I just took off the expectation from him and said, oh, I can write five tips. Let me just start with that. Okay, And that, they're still on my website, five tips for dealing with stress for mm-hmm. peak performance. And then that was the seed. I started with that, and then I went on to the ebook, and then I went on to the book and, and the talks and, and so on. So And there you are. So it sounds like in order to prevent that burnout from happening, be aware of your physical symptoms, uh, deal with the source of the anxiety first, and then to move forward from there. And what we're going to do is take another quick break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about some immediately useful ideas for beating burnout in the C-suite. Stay with us. You're listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. We've been talking about how important it is to face and talk about difficult issues in our work and personal lives that can put anyone at risk of burnout. Now, frequently, this can bring us face-to-face with confronting challenging issues that everyone knows are there, but nobody wants to face. That is the elephants in the room. Yeah. But as we've been talking about, leaving these issues unaddressed not only contributes to us and them divisions, uh, it can also create huge costs in time, energy, and resources of all kinds. That's why we encourage you to read our Harper Report, Taking Control of the Elephants in the Room. This is one of our more popular reports because it's very practical and it addresses an issue that every leader and team and individual faces at one point or another, especially when we're moving fast and faced with uncertainty. So go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 150, and request your complimentary copy of the report, How to Take Control of the Elephants in the Room. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with Tina Greenbaum, LCSW, about the art and science of mastery under pressure and reducing the risk of burnout, especially in the C-suite. Tina, remind us again how people can find out more about you and access some of those resources we discussed in the last segment. So I have on my website, tinagreenbaum.com. And I have five tips for peak performance and also a link to a quiz called masteryunderpressure.net where you can test your own level of peak performance skills. 
Okay. And you can, of course, find all kinds of links to resources as well by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 150, and scroll down under resources. This is the segment where we talk about the immediately useful ideas. In this case, it's for beating burnout. Practical ideas. Let's talk about the first idea. This is immediately useful. How can you get more in touch with your body? Well, the body and the feelings, again, are intimately connected. So you could start with, how am I feeling at this particular moment? And and just tune in. Tune into the mood. Tune into the level of anxiety, the level of excitement, whatever it is. And then see if you can find that feeling in your body. So I'm sitting in traffic and I am feeling so tense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where is that? Where is that? Okay. Is, is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Absolutely. Not the why of it, but just exactly. that I feel. We start it. out with just the feeling that just begins to start to activate the part of you that's going to start to connect to your memory and your questions and your feelings and your unconscious. And it's fascinating, actually, yeah. if you start to get into it. So if I start to feel a knot in my stomach, it's it's mm-hmm. and and I start to feel like I need to gulp some Rolaids, uh, that's the time to say, hey, what's going on? And people actually, I think, tend to feel certain things predictably in certain parts of their body. That's right. They? And different people feel them in different places. So one size does not fit all. Okay. There's there's a tendency for certain feelings to show up in certain places. But I had one woman who said to me one time she feels her anxiety in her legs because she had brothers that used to chase her around the house, and she was uh, petrified of them. That's so wanting to run away. Hmm. Yes. So when you start to feel these things, uh, what's something that people can do then to go from that to asking questions that can help get at that root cause and past it? So there's two things. One is, what is my expectation, and what is the reality? Uh so I'm sitting in the traffic. My expectation is I'm supposed to be at a meeting 10, you know, 10 minutes ago. But the yeah. reality mm-hmm. is I'm right here. Okay, so this is this big in the moment thing. Okay, so which leads to the next question. What's in my control? What's out of my control? Can't get out of the traffic. Can't get out of the traffic. What, so then what's my next problem? So, okay, I can't get out of the traffic. Can I call the person? Can wh- Whatever it is. No, the meeting's going to take place. The deal is going to be dropped. The deal, we're going to lose the deal. And That's... if we lose the deal, you see, then you just take it to the next, the next <laughs> yeah, question. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big deal. But so what happens if the answer is, it really is as bad as I think? You know, what do you do with that? That's my reality. It is as bad yeah. as I think. Mm-hmm. I may lose this deal. I maybe didn't prepare to get here in time. <laughs> maybe I didn't leave at home early enough. So we, we come back to like, again, what's in my control? What's out of my control? I, I create my own reality. Maybe uh-huh. it had nothing to do with me. Maybe I did leave plenty of time and there was an accident. Okay, mm-hmm. so Some there was an accident. things are out of our control. That's I right. liked your question. I liked your question about what is the best outcome that mm-hmm. uh, we can get even under the circumstances. Absolutely. So then you're thinking about what you can do. That's right. Because now this is the deal that we're, that we're dealt. Yeah. This is it. Mm-hmm. But okay. when you're thinking positively about what can happen, what you can do, even under the toughest circumstances, I know it helps me a lot. Well, the yeah. way that and I talk about it, you know, I call it productive thinking. 
rather yeah. than positive thinking, do my thoughts produce something useful for me? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. That's a good point. And I think that that also leads to the third idea, which has to do with managing the times of day when you're most productive. You had some thoughts about that too. What's one immediately useful idea? Okay. It's the same thing about how do I know myself? Mm -hmm. When am I the best? When am I the most productive? When can I do the kind of really thought-provoking things that I need to do? When do I need to exercise? When, when's meditation good for me? Some people love to meditate at night. For me, it makes me anxious. <laughs> Not mm, a good time okay. for me. All those things, it's, it's all we're talking, the central theme is become in relationship to yourself. Mm -hmm. in a way that you may not used to be doing. Yeah, so it may uh, be helpful to, if you want to get on top of this, to start keeping a journal and say, Always okay, good. At, uh, at this time of day, what are, what's going on? How am I feeling about this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you can start to see a pattern emerge. So I just want to bring in the term mindfulness, okay, which yeah. is now a big, big, big term. Yep. Mindfulness means becoming aware in the present moment without judgment. Aware in the present moment without, without judgment. Mm -hmm. Okay. This has been a fabulous conversation. Are there any final thoughts that you want to leave us with with regard to this? My final thought is for the C-suite and the people that, who are leading other people, it's so important for you as the leader to have this level of awareness because everything that you do and you say gets seen by everybody else and it comes all the way down through your organization. So if you had everybody on the same page, you would have an amazing, amazing, amazing culture and organization. A great way to move forward. Again, uh, Tina, thank you so much for being our guest today on Growth Igniters Radio. My pleasure. Thanks, Tina, and thanks to all of you out there for listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To get show notes and resource links for this week's episode, go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 150. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to consider. What conversations do I need to have with myself and with others so I can master the stress that surround me and lead to a better life. Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.